Howdy folks and welcome to episode two of the Trainer Mind podcast. I've got another awesome guest for you today. It's none other than Tony Jeffries. Tony is an Olympic bronze medalist in boxing and he's also an undefeated professional fighter. He runs two gyms called Box and Burn out in Los Angeles. He's also got digital products online and a very busy social media. We spoke for over an hour on lots of cool stuff. Transitioning from boxing to business, we talked about social media, we talked about virtual assistants, growing your following, the power of podcasts, and most importantly, my mobile video mastery. And this is where I kind of connected with Tony because he was asking some advice on video editing. I showed him my mobile video mastery and it completely changed his social media. And it was amazing to see him start using some of the techniques and tips that I do show in Mobile Video Mastery. That's it from me. I really hope you enjoy this episode. There's lots of great knowledge bombs for you to take away. Ladies and gents, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today, Tony Jeffries. Tony, how are you? Mate, I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me on this show. No, thank you. I kind of want to start kicking off by introducing you, Tony, because the thing, the thing about a lot of podcasts, I think the worst thing that I hate is people go, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then you have to go, oh, do you want the long part or the short part? Yeah. <laughs> so if I get anything wrong, please forgive me, but you are 2008 Olympic bronze medalist, an undefeated professional boxer, and co-owner and founder of Box and Burn, a boxing boot camp and training gym in Los Angeles, or two uh, gyms in Los Angeles. Is that is that right, Tony? Yeah, that's right, mate. And as well, uh, the education program, uh, the uh, co-creator of the Box and Burn Academy, our boxing fitness education program. Phenomenal. I want to kind of kickstart, Tony, with your transition from boxer to business owner, um, and kind of the the realization there that your kind of boxing career needed switching and, yeah. and obviously you need to be focusing on your business. When, right. when about was this, Tony? So yeah, like, like you just said, I was an undefeated professional fighter. That was after 10 pro fights, but my hands, I injured my hands. They got really, really bad. So that forced us to retire. Uh, I'd always been a good businessman and obviously a good boxer as well. Um, so I had to, put me focus on something else uh, I got forced to retire like I said with, with the hand injuries and I didn't really have a plan B at the time I didn't know what I was going to do and all I knew was real boxing so I uh, I just I moved to Los Angeles uh, for my last three professional fights trained here me and my wife fell in love with the place and then when I, my hands got injured it was it was time to not do something else so I found a, a local boxing fitness gym and I went in there, and that's kind of where the, the boxing started. And all I really did was put all of my energy and time into training and boxing for fitness, what I put into boxing, and the, the rest was history, really. It's been pretty easy, did that transition. Do you know what I mean? Where... I think a lot of a lot of boxers right now, when they do retire, they don't know what, what they're going to do, and and they can't they can't really focus that energy and put that into something else. Where yeah. I, I did that, and you know, yeah, the rest was history. Yeah, I've seen you know I've seen a couple of 
you know other boxes go more into tv you know commentary um other things like that it was very interesting to see going into running a gym because of course like you know i went from personal trainer to to gym owner and i think i learned kind of the biggest business lessons you know yeah. f- from from kind of running the gym because it's all about making as many mistakes as quickly as possible and learning from them i think that's what i found with running a gym especially yeah. especially kind of working in the business versus on the business because you know when I, I think when i launched my gym everyone wanted to come and train with me and i assume when you open your gym that everyone wanted to to train with you they're not not really i was teaching the classes so they were training with me and my business partner kevin so and the classes got uh, very big very fast so the word training with me and, and, and using some of the boxing methods that I used to teach uh, within the classes. So, yeah, that I mean, uh, that went really well uh, with the gym. And what you said there about you learning from your mistakes, like I feel like we did make mistakes, but I didn't realize that there were mistakes because, like you see, I just learned from them and just moved on. And with being a fighter since I was 10 years old until I was 27, that was the hardest job in the world, you know, with all the pressure that comes with it, the training, the dedication, the dieting, all of that stuff was really hard. So going from that to running a gym was a piece of piss, mate. It was, it was easy. Uh, so the, the mistakes and, and whatever I made, you know, I just kept on plodding on and, and, and flying. The gym, the gym grew really fast and really, really big, which I'm sure you know when, when something grows fast like 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 this did it does cause some problems like you know i've never had any experience of hiring people before so now i'm hiring people really fast because the gym's grown really fast and you know what happens when you hire people fast you hire the wrong people you hire some assholes and then you've got to fire them which i've never fired anyone before so that takes a long time as well to to, to learn that yeah uh, yeah, it's, you know the same, I mean? it's the same with me. I mean, like I was new to employing people and, you know, I think one of the mistakes that I made was treating everyone like they were a family member. Um, yeah. And I think that was that that was kind of one of my mistakes because I assumed that everyone would stay and, you know, no one would leave. And, you know, that was my own mistake, I think, that I learned to have that kind of, and it's not necessarily boundary, but just understand that people, you know, people up and leave, people have their own agenda and, and, and that's absolutely fine. I think that was... I think a lot of gym facility or any kind of facility owners have that with regards to, you know, employees because, you know, you want people to work hard for you, but at the same time, people have their own aspirations and goals as well. Yeah, exactly. And and as well, on top of that, is like I was expecting people to work as hard as me or as good as me or do as well as me. And with it being my business, you know, no one's ever going to work as hard as me. So I was like, why the fuck's this person not doing this like this? Why is he not doing this? But it's not his business, you know, and that was at the beginning. Now I, now I expect if I, can get, if I can get a 7 out of someone, 7 out of 10, you know, they're doing well. You're never going to get that 10 out of 10. You know, you might get a few 8s, 9s, but you'll never get that 10 out of 10 who's going to do it as good as you. So that's something as well that, you, that I, I end up realising uh, over, the, over the years of being a business owner, a gym owner. Yeah, and I, th- I think another one that I learned is that people don't have a crystal ball because you know like a lot of the responsibility was down to me not you know writing down the processes or even not writing or not actually showing people properly what I wanted them to do I just assume that they'd 
you know, seen what I was doing and then just copying, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, that makes total sense. And yeah, and just until a couple of years ago, I start, I was the same, like, you know, I, I've got to take responsibility for ev everything that happens in the business. Now, if the desk girl doesn't do something correct, I've got to take responsibility for that, you know, because I, I've trusted the manager to train this desk girl. So it comes down to me giving trust to him, you know? So it all, it all, I mean, we've heard this before. It always comes back to, to the, the person at top. If something, as small as the, the, the I was going to say trash, the trash cans. That's how long I've been in America, mate. I was going to say, don't take the trash cans out. <laughs> if they don't take the bins out, you know, something as small as that, um, that 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 comes down to the, the people at the top, you know. But I, I think as well, that's that's the same, Tony, for, for every and any business, whether it's actual physical yeah. or online, it's, it's you know, for something to be successful, it's just taking full responsibility for everything that happens, good and bad. Um because I get frustrated, but then I sometimes say, well, that's why, you, you know, I have this little thing, little clock in my head that says, that's why you're getting paid the big, big bucks because you take just as much as of the failures on as the successes. Yeah. Would you see, how, how many people have you got working for you now? Um, I went for, I've actually got sort of three now. I went from 22 to three from when I closed the gym. Bloody hell. So, so now, you've, now you've got three doing all the shit that you're doing, you're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, would you see, do you micromanage them? How, how I'm I'm gonna twist the interview back to you. Do you micromanage? Them? <laughs> um, no, I mean the, the thing is, I I tend to give people direction and what I want done, and allow them to make kind of their own mistakes. And some of the some of the mistakes that I continue to make is not writing down the processes for something when I notice that something needs to be done a certain way. Um, right. So it's all you know, it's all a learning curve to me. I'm still I'm still kind of learning because. Um, there's a great book which I recommend listeners and if you haven't listened to it I highly recommend Tony it's the E-Myth Revisited and, right, yeah. and, and the great thing about that book is it, it talks between a technician a manager and an entrepreneur and it, it shows the relationship between a manager and an entrepreneur and it's like you know the, the manager cleans up the mess but the entrepreneur makes the mess so if he didn't make the mess the, the manager wouldn't have the mess to clean up and it's, it's it works with the relationship of understanding that yeah okay you know i i'm a business owner and i'm, I'm the boss but also i'm like every other person you know I, i'm all over the place lots of ideas trying you know and i'm hard to keep down and people literally have to try and figure out what my next move is and that's my fault but for not documenting things down and and a lot of people i speak to in businesses that are you know doing multiple things are like that too so it's yeah what's that, that book called uh it's the e-myth revisited right. um it's yeah, a it's definitely. a great it's a great listen it's one of those ones i mean it uh if you listen to it and the same listeners here if you run a business or that your mind will just go fuck <laughs> right, yeah. um so it's a it's a high it's it's high on the recommendation for anyone kind of running a business or looking to, you know who who who's looking to kind of scale up a business. So I highly recommend that yeah, one. I wish I had three employees though. Well, you know, right now with the company, we've got like 52 employees. So it's a, it's a lot. And that's the hardest thing about, about running a, a, a gym well, or a big, a bigger scale business, I would say is, is managing the employment, the employees, because like I said, you, you expect them to do stuff. And, but once you learn how to write the systems down and, and write all that stuff down and, it's, it makes it a lot easier, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, Tony, how do you kind of balance 
the business now with the physical business? Because uh, I know you coach um, celebrities as well. And how much time do you actually spend in the biz- business versus um, all the other stuff that you do? And how do you kind of balance it out between it? Yeah, well, the good question. So the the gym business and, and training people is something that I'm, to be honest, I'm not that passionate about. It's something that I don't really, I'm not really in two feet. Well, the training people, the, the gym business, yeah, I'm, I'm still two feet in with that. But um, it's it's just outsourcing to the right people, kind of what we've just spoken about there, outsourcing, getting getting the right people to do the, the, the right stuff. Uh, the, the, the training people, like I say, it's something that I'm not that passionate about. But training people, how to train people, like our education program, that's the that's my favorite thing that I do, you know? Because with with that, like right now if I if I train if I train you, yeah, I'm having an impact on you and, and teaching you the boxing and, and all that stuff and you're enjoying it. But now if I train you how to train someone else the way I train people, now you can train twenty people like that. But now if I train a hundred people like you and they're training twenty people I'm no good at maths, but that's I'm having an impact on a lot more people. You know what I'm saying? I'm smiling here, Tony, purely because I think this is the natural evolution of a lot of people with business. I mean, you you very much started the business like me, very B to C, business to consumer, and then you get yeah. you get a taste for the business and and teaching the trainer, uh, and then yeah. essentially your business transitions more into B to B, as in you know tr- you know f- f- for my own business now it's kind of split between B to C, doing a lot of the challenges and and, and training online. And then B to B coaching the coaches because exactly the same as I said, if I can teach, um, if I can teach a trainer to get another 30, 40 clients, I'm actually impacting 30, 40 more people. So exactly, um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a natural kind of transition because it's same for me. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I still like training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but what fires me up is teaching people social media, teaching people marketing, and and, and the business side. I, I literally will talk all day about it because I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm the same. Because you know, it really is having that impact. You know, I've I've done all right. I'm I'm making decent money. Now it's now it's yeah, like you see, having the impact and helping so many people. When someone comes up to me and says, and I and I get this often, I'm not not talking shit here. It's like Tony, you've you've changed my life. Now I'm I'm earning more money by teaching boxing, and and I'm loving it. It's like that. That for me is the most rewarding thing. Yeah. I've actually got a DM this morning of someone saying doing this your course has really helped change my life and like it's like it's, it's amazing i love it and and that's like you know being a boxer winning a fight was the best thing ever i'm never going to ever experience that feeling ever again now that i'd say the closest thing is when, when people tell me stuff like this you know i, I absolutely love it I, I thrive off it and i know you're doing the same with with your stuff with your social media and everything else you're doing you're helping have an impact on so many people's lives and like do you agree that's one of the most rewarding things in it, life? It, it is. I mean, I love it so much when I get that DM where someone's read a book or listened to a podcast and it, and it's had a positive impact because that's what I do it for, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, once again, I, I thrive off that. I absolutely love that. I mean, it's it's such a phenomenal thing to to be able to have. And that's you know why I say to people, look, you know, this is why you need to get your message out more this is why you need to be consistent on social media because a lot of the time you don't get these messages but don't don't think just because you don't that you're not making a difference and I think, right and i think that's so important because 
yeah that's it's nice but it's not what you you know it's not the ultimate thing that you do you, you do it for i mean if you were just doing it for recognition as in posting every day on social media it would only be a matter of time before you stop doing it right yeah um, yeah definitely and like what we spoke about before and i was going to get into it about, about social media that, that that's a big thing if you can manage to grow your following on social media you're going to have an impact on, on more people's lives yeah, and it, and it kind of transitioned us nice and smoothly over to social media, Tony, because I know you've got a big following on Instagram. Yeah. I've noticed that you've just started on TikTok as well, which is great to see. And, yeah. And <laughs> you say that with a bit of a laugh because I, I know the first minute you download TikTok, you're like, what the fuck is this? TikTok is... It's like, oh, fuck, I've just grew me Instagram and I'm doing good on it. I'm figuring it all out. And then this comes along and it's like, oh, shit. I know you're smashing it on there. I've, I've seen your stuff. You're smashing it on there. But, like, it's like, oh. But, you know, it's, you've, you've, got, you've got to steal with times, haven't you? You've got to steal with the times yeah. with this stuff uh, or, or you'll get left behind. And even if you're on there, and I know I think I've heard you say this, even if you're on there and you and you just post them regular, regularly, it doesn't have to be amazing content. Just get on there, getting used to it and, and posting and, you know, learning about the platform. You know, you're going to be one step ahead of all of the people who's not doing anything on there. So you should be on there. Yeah, and I, I think I, I've spoken before about this, but it's probably one of those rare things where, you know, in life people say quality over quantity. When in actual fact, social media is more quantity over quality because I think a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I, I don't want to post because this might be shit. And I'm like, well, you don't know that because unless you put it out there, you don't know the response. And, and, yeah. and that's the thing. And especially TikTok, the shittiest videos get the biggest views. It, it, it's beyond me. Um, yeah. and, and same with you know, Instagram in the golden days. I, I, I'd do a post and you know, you know, sometimes it would get millions of views. I, I did a post last weekend on Facebook and we're just about tomorrow about I think in five days it's reached 10 million. Bloody hell. And it's had 90,000 shares. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's gone crazy. And it's a 15-second video about coffee and butter. So it, uh, you don't know until you put it out there. And I think that's the most important thing is to, is to be consistent with it. Yeah, definitely be consistent with it. And and that's, that's how... Uh, well, how, the reason how I grew my my Instagram was by giving value. And I like to tell personal trainers to, to do this. If, you, if your Instagram is not grown, go onto your account and look at your last six posts. And if I didn't know you and I went onto your account and seen them last six posts, would I follow you? And the answer normally is no. And the, the way I would follow you is if you're doing one of three things. If you're educating us, if you're inspiring us, or if you're entertaining us, if your last six posts are all doing one of them three things, you know, the chances are I will press that follow button. But if they're not, if you're posting pictures of your dog and your fucking cat or whatever it is, and I don't know who you are, I'm not going to follow you. And then, like was just said about the, 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 the growth what, why, well, why, what, what's the point of having a, a big following? I mean, for one, it gives you so many more opportunities. Uh, another thing is that if you're, if you've got a big following, it looks to someone who is, uh, if you're a trainer, it looks to someone that you're busy and you're popular and you're in demand. 
And that's the sort of thing that people want to work with, whether you like it or not. This day and age, people gravitate towards that. Uh, and then another thing is, if you've got a big following, you can do what you set out to do when you were when you start a personal training, which is helping people. You can help more people. The more people I follow you, the more people you can help. You know, so <laughs> I, I can talk about this shit all day. I, I love it. And uh, yeah, so so that, that that's why people should grow following, and you know, and how how to grow your following, like in a nutshell. Would you agree? Yeah, and I I think. I say to a lot of people, it's kind of the curse of knowledge. And what I mean by that is that to a personal trainer, they don't think something that they're going to post is any good, but it's because they've been a personal trainer for a long time and, and they love what they do. And, yeah. and the thing is that, like, for example, they go, oh, you know, no one needs to know how to do a push-up. And I'm like, well, 90% of your audience probably don't know how to do it. Or, oh, nobody knows, yeah. nobody, nobody cares about how to make an omelet i'm like trust me they do like one of my biggest like when i make something like an omelet i'll get so many comments like oh what's the recipe what's the recipe what's the recipe and i'm you know at first i'm like it's a fucking omelet (laughs) (laughs) but but once again as i said it's the curse of knowledge when you've been doing something a long time you just assume everybody else knows but they yeah they don't and when you understand yeah. that content is as easy as that, I mean, f- for me, I break it down very much like you said, you know, motivate, inspire, these kind of things. I, I have a, a kind of thing that says build connection, um, give value, and then sell your services. So building connection is, for example, like if, if I'm giving you value, sometimes that's not good enough because it, it's, a, you know, they want to know your background. What, as in, why should I listen to the things that you have to say? And that, that's why you need to kind of have your story and tell the connection. And, you know, like right. for your post, Tony, as well, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're giving people instruction, but then you have flashbacks to your boxing career and we learn more about Tony. And, and that's what makes me want to listen to the valuable advice that you put out. And I think that's the same yeah. with a, a lot of people on social media. It's some people just giving tips and I don't know anything about the persons. So they're not connecting with that audience or something. Yeah. Or somebody just kind of constantly whinging on their social media, and you don't really want to listen to their advice. And, and I think it's yeah. it's kind of getting the the balance between it, and um, and I think most importantly having a strategy. Um, so, right. what do you do with your social media, Tony? Do you have kind of a strategy, or like, f- for example, I've only just this year had a day to sit down and strategize. For the last six, seven years, it was shooting from the hip. Right, yeah. And it's only this year that I've actually, on a Sunday, sit down for three to four hours and map out my entire social media. It's taken me that oh. long where people say, what do you do? And I'm like, well, the thing is, if I, I have this weird thing where, you know, my habits are so routine that I just, I don't, I never miss a post. But at the same time, it can consume your life. So I was just wondering what your kind of strategy is for social media with with everything that you do. Yeah, I try, I, I try not, like you see, I try not to let it consume your life. I've, I've spent a lot of time on it last year grown it and uh and in 2018 as well and and then i then i went on the like i left it a little bit and i don't know if you've noticed like the the, the instagram algorithm it, it went it went weird out at the end of 2018 going into 2019 i was growing really fast and then the instagram done something with the algorithm and then it started to slow down and so I, i've not been too uh uh, I've not I've not been too obsessed with it like I was at one time because it can take over your life trying to grow it and and all that. So now I've got no energy. 
I just if I come up with an idea, I'll, I'll post it. I'll post things that I posted two years ago. That when I had let's see, when I had fifty thousand followers two years ago, and now I've got four times more than that. I'll repost something, and that'll do really really well on there, you know. And uh, so no, I've I've not really got a strategy because I'm, I'm really busy with the others part of uh, like with the business with the the big picture stuff and uh, and then with the gyms you know do you know what I'm saying yeah. so I kind of put on a little bit I know with you it's more where you you make your living a lot of your living from there right am yeah. I right in saying yeah I mean I, I run a fully online business so it's it you know everything is online now so it used to be right. it used to be obviously having a, a gym and that um, but obviously now you know my my entire strategy is online. Yeah. So with you, I think I think it's it's smart for you to sit down and really strategize it and and plan it out. But for for me, it's not. But I think for someone who is looking to grow to grow, uh, I think it is. It should they should plan it out and do it and spend like three hours on a Sunday thinking about it and and putting time into it. You know. Yeah, and I, I think people do have the time. They say they don't, but when when I check at their screen time and how long they spend on social media they kind of you kind of figure out that they actually do have that time to do it right yeah so with, with mine now i've got i've got um i've got someone running my direct messages on there because i, I get about 70 direct messages every single day uh, and i've got someone as well posting on my story the post like fight clips i don't know if you've seen on my instagram story there's always fight clips getting posted because that gets engagement and that helps grow, um, grow, grow, grow my story views. Have you seen that? Or not on mine. Yeah, I think I, I've seen it, and it's, it's it's brilliant as well because you know you're you're the expert in boxing, and actually it's just as valuable for you to break down other boxers as it is, you know, learning how to do it. And I find that fascinating because yeah. I've seen a few people do it um, with lots of different boxers, as in certain fights and everything else like that, and it's really fascinating. Because yeah. looking at looking at it with a professional eye, and I, I think it's um, it's incredible to see as well. Yeah, in in 2020, my goal is to grow my uh, my YouTube, which I think is the hardest platform to grow. Yeah, you agree? I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those. I think it's the most frustrating one for me because I started YouTube about six years ago. I got viral videos on there. I I picked up fifty, well, forty. 42,000 subscribers five years ago and five years later I've got 45 so I've in five years grown three and it's kind of like videos my thing and yet I'm not being consistent on uh, YouTube but um, once again I mean it's going to be a strategy for me going forward it's just learning the right strategy because it takes a lot more work on YouTube because it's not just about posting it's about you know essentially you're you're putting up a video and maximizing the search engine optimization for it. So you need to make sure you've got all the tags on there. You've got an attractive thumbnail. You've got, um, y- there's so many variables which you've got to tick off to make sure that you're maximizing on there. Um, and, and and for me, it's it's investing a lot of that time into making sure that you, you, you're doing it correctly. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, I, I looked and, you know, I was, cons- I, I have had bouts of consistency for like six months and, start bringing it up but then 
yeah it's, it's it's the one that got away and i see everyone else that's picking up on it and i'm like right i need to i need to grasp this one uh, yeah need to get someone to help with that stuff yeah. uh we, we, i think you see there's, there's so much it's more than just uploading a video like you might do on instagram I'm looking for the best time of day to do it and then doing it with a few hashtags on there there's there's it's, it's a whole it's a whole different thing you've got to put a lot more time and energy into it right yeah Exactly, and um, yeah, I've I've seen a couple of strategies. I'm I'm really fast. Uh, like I have an obsessive fascination with content creators on there and how their styles are, and how from a psychological point of view, it keeps people engaged. So yeah. it's that kind of thing where I know it's, it's that annoying thing because it's that one social media that I know so much about, but it's the only one that I I can't say to people I'm doing. Everything, right. everything else I can go just as in depth with, but also show the results. So yeah, it's that, it's that kind of. I can, imagine, I can imagine you spending uh, like like if you if you if you if you went off uh, TikTok a little bit and Instagram a little bit and went two feet in on YouTube for a couple of months. I imagine I imagine you'd be able to make a course on that, make a shit ton of money, and through your following of. 200,000 subscribers because like you say videos your thing I imagine you're the type of person who if you put your mind to it you'd be able to blow that shit up yeah um, it's in the pipeline it is in the pipeline this year I mean we've got we've we've got a studio being built um, and that's going to make a real difference because we'll have a base we'll have literally all the perfect lighting and, and equipment so you just flick it on and away you go as opposed to setting up right. so that's, yeah. that's going to make a massive change and we you know we start building next month and so we will have that base there and it's like right it's so much easier then when we're our, our day is spent hours of content so then it's just a strategy of uploading it making sure the thumbnails are all good and, and away we go well, I look forward to getting your course on that because <laughs> because your because your video mastery course really helped me. I've told you this before. That really helped me with my content creation. It's absolutely amazing. And what that the the, the course, the two of them that you've done, the first one and the second one, um, like I said, it, it it took my videos to a whole new level and helped grow me following. So I thank you for that, mate. I think uh, I think it's fantastic and. I do I do these certification courses where I teach trainers how to teach boxing. I do them around the world, and every time I do one, I talk about building your social media. I tell all of the students that take the course that they need to follow you and download, uh, and 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 then and then get your get your video mastery course because it's it's like a game changer for fitness professionals to get that. I mean, for everyone in every business should be. It doesn't matter what business you should be doing video marketing or video content. Yeah. But people are not, and and because they're intimidated about doing it, like we talked about earlier on about should I put this out there? But then the other side of it is they don't know how to edit a video or, or or make it look good, and they're putting pressure on themselves. They're getting nervous in front of the camera. You know, you can be nervous in front of a camera, and and you can stutter and you can make mistakes. But if you know how to cut it, yeah. and edit it. It's fucking sound, mate, and you yeah. uh, and you make it look legit, and that's how you start do putting video content out there by by doing that, you know. So your course is fantastic, and I recommend recommend it to, to everyone to get. Thanks, I, really, I really appreciate that. I wanted to talk to you about your podcast, Tony, because you've just hit 
I think it was a Christmas time over 100 episodes and have you found that that's been a powerful tool in your business or has this just been something that you've enjoyed doing as a kind of a chat therapy but it's a combination of the two really what have you found you know 100 episodes later on your podcast that 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 you found with running one I find that it's really good to make connections with people, with with guests, getting them on there, and learning for myself. Yeah, I've gotten a little bit of business from it, but having a podcast as well, it looks really professional to the to people who don't know about having podcasts or don't know about uh, much about podcasting, because and I, and I tell personal trainers that they should start a podcast. Because of, for that reason, there, like it, it is, uh, it, it is professional and it looks really professional if you've got a podcast, and it's 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 great to make connections, because I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk said Gary or was it, was it someone said about you know if you if you're trying to connect with with someone in whatever industry and you're sending them an email trying to connect with them that way, the chances are they'll, they'll not reply or they'll, or they'll not be really be that bothered. But if you send someone an email, like it might be you, Jamie, so someone uh, wants to connect with you, they're like, Jamie, I'm a massive fan of your work. I've got a podcast that's all about fitness and growing your social media. You'd be the perfect guest to get on my podcast. Can you come on? Uh, my, my followers would love it. Then then the chances are that you will be like, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds my good. And then they'll get you on as a guest. And that person has just made now a connection with you. You know? So that makes sense. Yeah, and the way that I explain it as well is it's, it's a DJ anal- analogy in the fact that DJs get paid money to spin other people's tracks. And one thing I love about podcasts is if you're trying to build yourself up as a business and get more attention, a podcast is great because then you don't need to be a well-known person, but your guests can do the work for you because they're the ones right. that, they're the ones that are sharing it they're, and that's the reason why people are downloading and listening to it because they're interested to hear from the people that you get on the podcast which can add you as an authority in your business very very quickly and right. and that, that's why I kind of like to say it with that kind of DJ analogy because essentially because they get paid for spinning other people's records no well, I like that and then as as well because then people will want to share your podcast or there's a chance that they'll, they'll share it to their friends, even even if it's someone who's not really popular, and it's someone on Facebook who's got a thousand friends or five hundred friends, you send them a graphic that they were on your their podcast. They're going to share that graphic with their the five hundred friends, and that's getting your name in front of them five hundred people. So it's good to help build your name and build your brand as well by by doing that. So I love the analogy with the DJ because that that's what it is. You know, yeah you get other people to help build your name yeah exactly and i think it's also one of the most powerful social media tools because you think about instagram you know you're fighting for attention because and you know people will probably read your post for five seconds and then move on um same with every other social media but kind of podcasts are the one where you you've you've got somebody's attention because they have to listen and you know you're you're able to spend more time with that person building up that no like and trust and i think that's what's really powerful and most, i think most people who listen to a podcast usually do it in one of three places they're either going for a walk they're going to the gym or they're driving in their car so you have literally got that person you know completely and yeah. i think that's such a powerful tool when it comes to 
you know choosing a social media platform and i think um there's some great statistics with podcasts the average person listens to seven podcasts and you know i think there's a hundred billion websites but there's only a hundred thousand podcasts so if you're trying to get your attention if you're trying to get attention then podcast is the way forward what podcast do you listen to um so london real I was, oh, a, yeah. I was a guest many years ago and I love what Brian does with London Real. Um, Seth Godin's got one called Akimbo, which I love. Um, Entrepreneur on Fire is a, is a good one. Um, Jordan Harbinger's one's pretty good. Um, and there's a, there's a fascinating one called the Naval Podcast. Um, Naval Ravikantza is an angel investor and he's got all these little nuggets of information and it's very it's kind of very fascinating he's a very very intelligent person and you, your mind just gets blown when you listen to it so that, that's kind of my recommendations right yeah yeah and like with, like with the value that you can get from podcasts and the stuff that you can learn from them is amazing uh, I'm trying to think of the one that I listened to before I used to listen to one all the time I can't remember uh, but on on this episode, he he gave us a tip about getting a getting a virtual assistant. So a few years ago, I got a virtual assistant, and I was like, I don't need a virtual assistant because you know I'm not that. I I do everything myself. But he persuaded us on the episode to get a virtual assistant. So I got one, and then the first task I gave this virtual assistant was to get me on as get me on podcast as a guest. So she emailed different podcasts, popular podcasts. So I got a reply like the next day off a podcast called Mind Pump. Have you heard of Mind Pump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, sounds sounds good." So I went to San Jose, done a podcast with them, built a great relationship with the boys from there. That podcast at the time was getting, I think, close to a million downloads a month, and that like really grew my network. And then from being on that podcast, I met other people. Um, other podcasters reached out to me, asked if I could go on their podcast, and I was like, "Wow, that really helped." Then it helped the business, the education program. Uh, personal trainers wanted to come and sign up for that course, for, for, for my course, and then I ended up going back up there to San Jose to the Mind Pump Studios and doing a private course up there. Met hundreds of people, and because I got, because I listened, so going back because I listened to the that podcast telling me to get a virtual assistant it really changed my life me getting that virtual assistant you know what I mean yeah that, that's that's amazing I think as well that shows a the importance of podcast b the, probably the importance of getting a virtual assistant and also how impactful listening to people on a podcast so for those who listening to this podcast now I think one of the most powerful kind of lead generators is the fact that you're listening to two people talking and it's as if the listeners are fly on the wall. So if we, if I say, "Hey, Tony, have you have you tried this new, you know, this this new latest um, app? This thing has just changed my life, and th- this that that that's going to yeah. really fire people up to go and check that out because it's to them it feels like they shouldn't be listening because they're a fly on the wall, and it's, yeah, and it's such an impactful thing because you know you have a conversation with two people talking about VA, and instantly it makes you take action, get one, and yeah. and the results been you know phenomenal so it's yes that's interesting and, and some people keep yeah. saying to me you need to get a va so i think you've just uh convinced me as well you're going to be at me i've got yeah, it's a game changer i've got five VAs right now <laughs> and, uh, absolute game changer mate 
really is. And anyone listening to this, get a virtual assistant because if you haven't got an assistant, you kind of are your own assistant, you know. And right now I've got two in the Philippines. I've got one in India. I've got uh, one in England. That's my sister. Uh, and then uh, one in Africa. And they're all doing different things. At first, I thought I'll get a virtual assistant to do everything. I want them to create content on social media. I want them to edit stuff on the website. Uh, I want them to to do research. I want them to, uh, to 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 manage my schedule. I wanted them to do everything. Uh, and then I soon realized there's a book called Virtual Freedom. It's a little bit old now, but I think it's still old, 2012. And by a guy called Chris Tucker, I think it is, or Ducker, and yeah, I read that book and I'm like, wow, you know, it, it, it tells you about hiring, about training, about what you should get virtual assistants for, what you need them for, and uh, I had a virtual, two virtual assistants before I read that book, but when I read that book, it really helped us understand it better and, and understand everything about virtual assistants a lot better. Now, it's really helping me grow my businesses be, because I don't have to concentrate on things like schedule, like on on the business side, on the Soapbox and Burn Academy, on scheduling posts to post out. I, if I want a graphic made for anything, like it might be a thumbnail for an Instagram video, I'll get on Slack and I'll message my guy Hendrix in the Philippines, and uh, a few hours later I'll, I'll have a, a, a great thumbnail. All my YouTube videos, thumbnails getting made for them. I just send them the link of the YouTube video. Next next day, I've got I've got five different examples of, of graphics for this thumbnail. Uh, brochures, banners, flyers, T-shirt logos. He does all them. And then I've got another one who's doing research. So I want to I want to I want to get some. What what I'm getting made now? I'm getting uh, cones made for boxing drills. He's doing research on them in, in China, getting the best prices, haggling, jump ropes, boxing gloves. Like, it's because if if them weren't doing it, I would be doing it myself. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm it's saving me a shit ton of time, and it's yeah, it's it's one of the best things I've done in the last two years is get really knowledgeable on virtual assistants. I think that's just got my mind thinking a lot because. Something that I say to a lot of people is is to use the Eisenhower matrix. And there's basically four quadrants, do, defer, delegate, and delete. Um, and if I'm thinking now, there's still lots of things like that that I'm still doing that somebody else could do. And I think a lot of people think that this is going to cost them a lot of money when in actual fact it doesn't because the, the time... Three dollars an hour. Yeah. <laughs> is that three Three US dollars an hour. Fucking unbelievable, mate. <laughs> unbelievable, mate. That's incredible. So, so listeners, if you are charging more than $3 an hour and <laughs> something's taking you more than an hour to do that takes you away from the thing that you charge people a lot of money for, then start thinking about delegating that out. And I think that's so important because I, I very much do that with DIY and painting and everything else because my rationalization is, you know, that allows me to do my job. But there's still things which... You know, I could happily pay someone three dollars an hour to to research and do so. It's kind of a little takeaway yeah. from me there, which is fantastic. There's a website called OnlineJobs.ph where where I, I've gotten quite a few of them from, and then obviously Upwork as well is another one. But OnlineJobs.ph, that's where I've got my researcher from and my uh, my graphic guy, and then my video guy. Uh, the video guy does captions as well, so I'll send them 
a video and he puts the captions underneath. I know you teach that on your course, on your video mastery, but I tried it and it took a very long time. <laughs> it, it, now, does. It, it does, now, yeah. Now, it does, yeah. Now I've $3 and it's done. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So I, I know we're running out of time, Tony. I, I just wanted to quickly touch on digital products because you've got your Box and Burn Academy and you've got your Be A Better Boxer and Boxing Drills digital products. For fitness professionals looking to create a digital product, what tips would you would you give them based on your experience? Um, well, number one is do it. Like, just, just if you're thinking about it, do it. Because I think too many fitness professionals they overthink it. No, no, it's better to have it than not. You might sell five, but it's better to sell five than not sell any. You might, you might, you know, break, if you break even, you, you've done good. Even if you don't break even, you've done good because it's it's getting your brand out there, getting your name out there, making you look more professional. And then you know, research it, see see what other people's doing and how they're marketing and how how and, and what what they're selling. I, w- I would recommend doing that. But I think I think yeah, you you should definitely do it. It's it's great. And and since 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 I've done that, it it really has helped grow my brand, grow my bank balance, obviously. But uh, and 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 having an impact on so many people's lives. If you look on my Instagram page. Everything's everything there's for free. It's a shit ton of, of boxing value, teaching you everything you want to know about boxing. But if you want to get more in depth, you know, then the packages is there as well. You know, I, the the reason why I started was because I was getting so many DMs about Tony. I'm when I'm when I'm fighting, if I, I'm I'm feeling nervous, or how, how do we get more power in uh, a left hook of the body? I I'm thinking God, and I used to sit there for hours answering them all and giving big paragraphs of how we do it i'm like thinking fuck me i'm spending loads of time here i thought i'm going to just create a video package and um and answer all these questions on there and do that so if you're a personal trainer and you're getting a ton of questions on different things you know that's one thing that you can answer on that video package yeah right? and of course it's a, it's a win-win because it has value to other people and you know essentially it's adding more revenue and adding another revenue to somebody who might be across the world and actually can't work one-to-one with you. And I think that's a, that's that's an important one to understand. And I love what you said, just just get it out there. I think one thing that I, a quote I've used before is by a guy called Rita Hoffman who created LinkedIn. And he said, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you launch too late. And if I, if I, look, and if I look back at some of my first fitness products, which I launched online, they're, they're horrific. But they were the best, they were the, like four or five years ago, that was the best that I could do with the resources and knowledge that I had. Yeah, yeah. And I love the quote, uh, perfection prevents productivity. I love yeah. that quote. And, you know, or, or what they have on the office walls in Facebook from Mark Zuckerberg is a big posters or, or, or whatever they are, pictures that say, done is better than perfect. Yeah. And I love that. Get, get it done, you know, because... If you if you're waiting for the perfect moment, you're going to be waiting forever, and you're never going to get it done. And that's what prevents so many people from from putting stuff out there. Not just not, not talking about online courses, but even posting stuff on social media. Doing a post, oh no, this is not right. I can't do. And you know, it would have been better to post it and then move on to the next one than prevent yourself from doing it. You know, but the the try and wait for the perfect moment and the perfect post or. The same, the same with with just about everything in business, you know. I really think that perfection prevents the productivity. 
So don't. So if you're doing an online course, don't. It doesn't have to be perfect, like you said, Jimmy. You, you put yours out there, and you know it's like, oh. But you've done it, and you know what you've done. You never just put it out there. You'll learn a lot from it. What's going to make your next one better, and then your next one's going to be better. Then, then now you've got this. Your course is now the, the fucking amazing, the perfect. You know. Exactly, exactly, and I think that's so important because you do get better and you get that feedback. You can't get that feedback unless you put something out there. And you know, as soon as you put it out there, then you get all the insights, the analytics, the click-throughs, and everything. And then the more that you do, the better you understand it. And you know, I'm kind of really big on the whole the details of everything because that's yeah. what, that's what helps grow it. Because you find things that are interesting, such as you know, you like. I'll, I'll do a post and go hmm that's weird that that generated i know 30 30 people bought that product on that day why was that and it's like oh that that video or or getting a feedback from a challenge and going oh okay i'll train i'll change that and make it better next time or this that and the other yeah. and i think so many people are scared that of making a mistake that if they do make it it's you know they're like oh yeah I, i'm ruined now or something like that and just like no this is how you learn this is how you get better as long as you're not killing anybody um, you're all right. Yeah. One thing I was really surprised with uh, about personal trainers, like now we've 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 taught over two thousand, uh, and when I taught them about the social media, is they're so afraid to post because of what other people will think. And I was thinking, like for me, that's crazy. And but but that's but it's true. It really is. Even the trainers at our gym, I I tell them we do little. Uh, seminars within the, the box and burn business and they're like well you know I, I don't like talking on camera i don't like i don't like posting this in case someone thinks this i'm like are you fucking mad to me that is mental but it's true and it's what uh, it's it's what people do jimmy let me ask you this mate what advice would you give people who are afraid to do that i think they have to understand is the people that are commenting will never buy their product anyway and right. most people who are commenting either because when anybody starts social media the people that follow them are family and friends and they're always right. they're always going to have an opinion or find it weird how you go from posting pets of uh, pictures of your dog to teaching people how to do push-ups it's kind of weird for them because they're used to seeing a certain yeah. thing so when you step out of that comfort zone and do something different people will say what you're doing when when i left the army and decided right i'm going to do fitness modeling you can imagine the stick that i got from my squatting oh, mates that yeah. <laughs> you know i got i got i got ripped to shit and guess what you know within six months half of them were my clients and it's just and it's just a case of look no one's going to do this for you you're going to you're going to get to this thing that first people ask you why and then they ask you how as with anything when you first start a new fitness and exercise regime and you haven't seen the success yet people will be laughing at you until you get the success people will be laughing at you for posting every day on social media until you start getting thousands of views or until you start seeing the success or until you start building a business and then people are like oh aren't you lucky <laughs> and it's yeah, just right. it's just this natural progression of you've just you've just got to not listen to people and do it anyway and, and understand that if you keep doing it, it it's it, it, the the game isn't the game is just consistency and, and putting it out there because when you are doing it every day you get better anything that you do every day when you're consciously aware of it you get better right so, and yeah. it's only a matter of time before the results come in and it is uh, you know the amount of people that, i haven't had many people 
like for example when it comes to weight loss i i don't have i don't have anyone say to me jamie i followed the plan to the letter and got no results just as a, just the same as i've yet to have someone go to me jamie I've, I've posted three times a day on instagram for a year and i've got no followers oh yeah exactly exactly uh, that, that, that the, the worst way to to grow your following is by not posting and by not doing anything you know one thing that used to prevent me from from posting well what did prevent me from posting was i didn't want to give me secrets out and this is gonna. This is gonna sound stupid, but I was like, you know, I've 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 been doing all this in boxing, my 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 boxing techniques, like how to faint to faint to the body and come out the head, and like I don't want to give this out because it's what I do and what I coach, and then I did that video about how to faint and come over the top, and it was the very first education video that I've ever posted on social media, and I was like, shall I post it or not? You know, and this is a this is a big thing for me. It's what I was really good at. I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna post it. And I posted it, right? And yeah, it did really well. But a week later, a fella down the gym down the street, he'd done the exact same video. He copied what I'd done and done it. And I was raging. I was like, nah, I knew I shouldn't have posted this video and all that. But then I got over that. And then I stopped posting more because I seen how well it done, you know? And that's how it really started growing. But I've heard from personal trainers before, I don't want to give me secrets out. Right, which I guarantee that secret is already out. That thing in the body, what I did, this is, you can find videos on that shit all the time uh, uh, on YouTube. You look for it. Uh, so yeah, personal trainers as well. That they think that like I don't want to give my methods out because the my methods and no one else does it. Now nah, they're already done. You know, do it, get it out there, grow it. You know, yeah. and like what we what we just seen there about about not posting. Like, what's the alternative? You know, yeah. posting. Yeah, post, grow. People talk might might say, "Ah, oh, look at him. Who does he think he is doing this and doing that?" Right? But what's the alternative? Not doing it and being like that fucking potato over there who's who's giving you shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We exactly. And and I think I had an interesting question last week. Someone said, um, "Why should I pay your money when you give all your stuff away for free?" Um, and I loved it. I was like, that is, that is a great question. I said, well, the thing is, is you can take all my stuff and you still won't get results if you don't, if you, because you, what you have to understand is that people don't pay for information. They pay for implementation. If you put some skin in the game, you hold yourself accountable to, to it. And you've got someone, you're checking in with someone and you've, you know, and, and that makes a big difference with anything, uh, because we're not, we're not in, you know, 20 years, 20, 30 years ago information like like you just said there was kind of secret and you needed to pay for it because it wasn't readily available but now we've got google we have the opposite problem in the fact that now we've got too much information we don't know what to pick and choose i mean you go on netflix and it takes you 25 minutes to find what the fuck you want to watch oh yeah i mean yeah i'm with you with that <laughs> and then you go on to you go on to you know you go on to youtube and you search how to you know how to throw a left hook and then guess what you get inundated with, with with lots of people so you need to make a decision and choose somebody and and, and then listen to them and obviously the only way yeah. that you're going to listen more is if you say hey i'm going to give you this money so you can actually watch what i'm doing and that's what people pay for these days not the information because yeah they, they might have learned from your video of how to throw that hook but not, nothing's better than getting feedback from 
doing the videos and then going oh okay cool because yeah. most people like for example you're teaching stuff but they can't see their own technique unless they're recording themselves yeah no, that's true yeah, yeah. and if that and, and when you're talking about buying stuff online it comes back to what you said before but building that connection as well you know, people want to build a connection with you and they want to learn everything from from you rather than going on YouTube and trying to find it from a thousand different people exactly what's next for Tony Jeffries that's what I want to no, Tony. Mate, what have you got so, lined up? Yeah, I I want to take box and burn and and be worldwide with it, you know. And, and with this, we want to work on doing a licensing, and it's not been announced yet. Where if you're a gym in let's say West Virginia or in Southampton, England, or wherever you might be in the world, and you're a gym and you don't have boxing in your gym, we want to provide the education, the workouts, the equipment, like a turnkey product to your gym. And we want to do this and, 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 and really blow this up and it'll have an impact on so many people's lives with, with teaching boxing. You know, boxing is one of the biggest trends in fitness right now. It's huge, it's absolutely everywhere, especially, well, I was gonna say in America, but in England as well, in Australia, wherever we've been, it's huge. Uh, but the but the problem is not everyone knows how to teach boxing. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we come in with, with, with our education program. And one thing that I the first thing I see on all of my courses is you don't have to have been a boxer to be able to teach boxing. You've got to understand it. Where you'll get a lot of people or a lot of boxers thinking, how the hell can someone teach me how to box who's never boxed before? Which is it's two two completely different things. You know, teaching someone. For fitness, to teaching someone or a fight, it's completely two, two completely different things, and uh, and and I really understand that. And so, what we do on our courses, we when we, we teach people, you know, how, how to teach people for fitness. Uh, so yeah, th- th- that's it, really, mate. We we want we want to help gyms, businesses add boxing to their to their businesses and uh, and really help them uh, Im- improve their revenue by by doing this because, like I see it's boxing is huge now, and yeah. uh, everyone's doing. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it's only getting bigger. I mean, you you see the YouTubers now, you know, with um, yeah. Logan Paul, Jake Paul. I seen that Jake Paul was training at your gym, um, yeah. and it and it's and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I think as well, a lot of a lot of gyms, um, they they struggle because they don't know the systems. They don't know, you know, they haven't tested on a market what works and to, to to have the ability to turn around to you and go look you know you've done all the work you know what works here's the systems here's what you need to do here's the business model away you go it's it's right. it's so phenomenal for a for, for a new gym who's looking to have a you know have a successful business because it, it's all wrapped up for them ready to go yeah it's and it's doing it without having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on or on a franchise there's boxing franchises out there a gym franchise out there, but the cost like under grand. But this is this is going to be like a lower price point where it's affordable. So yeah, so so gyms can get it. So I'm really excited about that, and that's what the future holds. I want to I want the, the the goal is to be in 2,000 gyms within five years from now, and that's what we're working towards right now. That's incredible. So kind of a you'd say that box and burners in um, very much like 
some of the some of the classes. And I, I was going to say Zumba, but I don't want to compare boxing burn to Zumba. No. <laughs> but you see what I'm, I'm coming from with regards to you know you, you see the success of Zumba, you see the success of things uh, of all these kind of concepts, and you know so many people love the the sessions because they're all structured and it has a massive asset to the business. Yeah, exactly. And we we want we want to do that so we can just educate them so they don't so because business owners are really busy so they don't have to put a shit ton of thought into it because it's all the thoughts are done all the systems is done all the teachings done it's every everything's everything's done for them so yeah I, I think I think that's that that's that's where we're going to go and I think talking talk about business when you were talking about I couldn't understand when you were talking about going from selling from A to B to B to C right that's what you're talking about right yes yeah so so from 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 uh, business to customer, so B to C to business to business. So yeah. going from training, you know, for me, training people in fat loss to then training the coaches how to get more clients and, and structure that out so they, they obviously can transform and change more people. Yeah, and, and that's what I want to do with this. It's, so it's, it's going from business to business. So I'm selling my business to another business, if you like, you know, selling my services to another business. And uh, I heard that, that that that's a lot better for business than, than going from B to A, from selling to from the business to the consumer, yeah. Like one, consumer, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that's the future, and that's what I'm really excited about, really passionate about. Uh, right now, I'm looking. I'm in my office. I'm looking at a whiteboard that's just full of a million tasks that needs doing. So, and so I'm working now on getting the right people to do them tasks. You know, what was it? I was talking about this last night. Was it the, was it, what's the guy called who owns uh, Alibaba? Uh, Jack, Jack Ma. Yeah, is that him? Yeah. I think it was, it was him who said, I'm not, I'm not the best at sales. I'm not the best at web design. I'm not the best at this. He said, but what I'm the best at is finding the best people to do them jobs. And that's why I've got the best business, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love I love that, and it's all about outsourcing. Yeah, and I think Richard Branson said the same. You know, he's very good at coming up with the idea, then finding the right people to take over, which yeah, just goes to show when you've got two billionaires talking about the same thing that they know what they're doing. Yeah, and so that comes down to you know hiring, getting the right team, investing, and getting virtual assistants is is the start of it because there are a ton of personal trainers out there. You know, the work for themselves and. The, the, they've got no one to help them, but you know, this with a virtual assistant, you can start to learn about hiring, learn about creating a team, learn about outsourcing, and the the risk to reward is is massive because it's a low price point. You know, you're getting someone working for you for 15 hours a week. It's costing you 45 dollars, which in England is about 30 quid. You know, for getting 15 hours work a week, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, if you can take anything from this full podcast from me, it will be like this is the people listening is to get a virtual assistant or, or start learning and educating yourself about that because it's going to free up a lot more of your time to be able to grow your business and to have you do what you're best at doing. Yeah, and, and when when they look at it, that's probably the cost of an hour's worth of their time with a client if they're you know if they're having their one to one PT. So it's a no yeah. it's a no brainer really. So yeah, amazing. and get that virtual freedom and, and read that in your spare time when you're waiting for your clients it's going to really help change your game it really is amazing Tony thank you ever so much for coming on the Training Mind podcast and thank you for giving us more time I think we, we booked in 30 minutes and we're over an hour yeah. now so this, no, yeah. this is what happens when you start talking about business your head just goes 
<laughs> no, I know no, I love it. And uh, yeah, Jimmy, I'm a I'm a fan of your work, and so I'm I'm I love talking to you, and uh, yeah, and thank you for having me on the on the show. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh.